I'm Riker, and this is Pilot. Oh! We are reviewing Raised by Wolves, the HBO Max original today, uh, hence our opening. <laughs> that was terrible, and I'm happy. I don't remember that going outside of the pilot. That was, oh, I hate it when people howl. It bothers me so deeply. It was really weird. It didn't go out of the pilot. It never, like, the Raised by Wolves thing... Like, it works just the way it is. It's like, okay, you were not raised by humans, right? Mm-hmm. Raised by wolves. Okay, the robot mom has six breasts. Like, would a dog have six breasts? A dog has eight. I thought they had eight, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not terribly focused on how many breasts dogs have. It's not something that's... <laughs> I'm trying to remember now. I think they have, like, the two main ones that aren't milk producing. Like, the two human ones. And then they have six um, feeders. Oh, gosh. They could have a, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm so happy we went here. <laughs> so, there, <laughs> so there were some elements that were supposed to remind you, like, oh, here's the wolf thing. Yeah. And then there was the howl when uh, Tally walks off the ridge into the hole to the planet's core. More specifics on this later. <laughs> but, uh, and she does a, a howl. To like mourn to the mourn. loss of her, yeah. And it's super weird, and it never came back in Thank other God. episodes. Um, the narration never came back in other episodes. Mm-hmm. So this feels like a true, proper, traditional pilot where everything's just a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah, where they try things out and be like, mm, yeah, no, that's not coming back. That didn't work. <laughs> right. Yep, studio didn't like that. Let's cut it. I don't know if that's the case or not. I don't do any research. It's not part of my act. But uh, but it felt like a uh, real, true, proper, old school pilot in that way. Absolutely. Other than that, um, this is a really unique series. It is. Interesting series. I remember... I just watched it one night on a whim. I think I read up about it and thought, oh, that sounds weird. I didn't know anything about it. Didn't see any commercials for it or anything. Kind of got the sense that nobody was watching it. And it was maybe a going to be a miniseries. Yeah. Watched it very slowly over a couple months. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, I super dug it. I yeah. was, it gets heavy, too, though. I mean, it's pretty... It's it gets uh, there's some disturbing imagery in it, and I don't oh, know absolutely. that necessarily every night at midnight I'm thinking, oh yeah, let's watch some some really fucked up shit and then go to bed. <laughs> you know, if I wasn't watching it with my boyfriend Taylor, who just was feeling moderation at the time, I would have binged it probably in a day. They just every time they leave you with something else, it's kind of weird at the end of every episode where it's like, where the fuck are they taking us? <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> it was like one more episode and he's like, nah, I'm going to go off and do other things. I'm like, damn it. Why did I make this an us show? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a stunningly beautiful show to look at. It really is. I mean, there's going to be a lot to talk about, but one thing I, I think if you're an alien fan as I am, uh, the series, the film series. I think, I think, I think it would be an injustice not to mention this. So I'll make it quick for those of you that aren't Alien fans, and for those of you that aren't, that's super weird. You should probably get caught up on all your Alien. But it's just so uh, old at this point. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Some of it's newer than other stuff. 
All right. But the original, <laughs> man, still so classic. Uh, there's elements in this that reminded me of Alien, especially, you know, Ridley Scott doing the more recent Prometheus and Alien Covenant movies that had a lot of threads in there that were really interesting, worthy of further exploration, but I don't think was really working out necessarily okay. the way that fans or the studios would have liked to see. But some really interesting threads in there, uh, one of them being the robots having milk for blood. Uh, okay. That's an alien thing. Interesting. Yeah. And I watched a, a video. It's on IMDb. Uh, maybe we could tag to it or something. Yeah. Uh, that says it was how Ridley Scott was influenced by Alien in directing the first Raised by Wolves. Uh, he did two episodes, I read. I'm not sure what the second one was. So we need to blame him for the howling. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I still don't get that. <laughs> okay. Well, he wasn't the creator either. That no, should have sure. been cut. But I don't know what they were thinking at the time. Like, at the time, it seems like that was going to come up again. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no. It's, it's like adults doing baby voices. Yeah. Like, trying to pretend to be children and make it seem adorable. It's like, no, super not adorable when you do it. I mean, it's just that babies light up when you make weird noises. Like, I get where that comes from. I still, it makes me cringe when people do it still, but like I get no, it. No, I mean like when people repeat back to you something that their kid said and do oh. their baby voice and they do it. Oh yeah, no, I don't like that. Daddy, I div- It's like, no, please don't. Why? Don't, not going to be cute when you do it. <laughs> it's just weird. It's going to be a real turn off when you do it. Um, so anyway, so the video on uh, Ridley Scott and he mentioned mm-hmm. that the uh, the milk when they first did it in the scene in Alien and it drips down the guy's head and it kind of comes into the frame. It's sort of this alarming moment that becomes cinema history after that. Yeah. He said in the video, like, oh, that's just an affectation. So in other words, that was just a technique that worked once and we're doing robots again. So I just do milk when it's robots. <laughs> I, I like it. Was, yeah, kind of funny. That was kind of dumb. The visual effects are beautiful. The whole thing is so visually beautiful mm-hmm. that I have, I looked at it Every time I see it, I look at it and I think, who is so talented in this way that they could visualize something that's so beautiful and Mm -hmm. sci-fi, so not real. Very ethereal. Yeah, and then convey that on camera or on, you know, in cinema. And then I read, it's a Ridley uh, Scott-directed first episode that probably set the tone for the show to follow. And suddenly it just makes sense. So I just wanted to take a moment to recognize what a visual like cinema icon that guy is absolutely really impressed constantly impressed i'll definitely make sure to link that video in the show notes please do yeah okay cool let's jump into genre then shall we all right uh what was the genre do you feel that pilot successfully conveyed to you the genre yeah i mean i think so um especially with campion the child that survived anyway of this the original six um he kind of narrates us in Pardon? Of the litter. Of the litter. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Look what you did there. <laughs> um, he said we were the first pioneers, but we weren't scared. We always knew that mother and father would keep us safe. So I feel like um, it's it's a sci-fi that focuses on kind of, it's a dystopia that kind of depicts a battle between religion and science slash the atheists. Um, and it's also got elements of surviving in a new world. So it's got that kind of exploratory what the fuck is the boogeyman? You know, what? what's the boogeyman here? Uh, Especially like- with the snakes that we're discovering, the bones. I'm just like, wow, There's we're not seeing them anywhere, but like, those are some big bones. <laughs> and big holes in the ground. Absolutely. For big core-dwelling serpent creatures. He mentions the serpents. He mm-hmm. said, oh, yeah, we just told you kids that after... 
Callie walked into the hole. We told you that the uh, snakes lived in the holes to keep you guys away from him. Father says that. I don't want to, like, be insulting to children, but, like, who's so dumb that they just walk into a hole? Like, it's a gaping huge hole. Like, one does not miss that. Like, I just felt like that was kind of crazy. Maybe she knew it was there. Well, yeah. she grew like, up. Like, I always and- thought something came out and must have grabbed her. Like, that was my whole, like, how else would you just fall into a hole? Well, I don't know. I mean, you'd be Shut the one up. that I would ask. <laughs> I saw the look <laughs> on your face and I was like, no, <laughs> this is not a me thing. Tell me. No. Tell me, Shmi. How would one just fall into a hole? <laughs> I'm going to insert the clip of you falling out of your chair right here just for payback. <laughs> No, no, not really. But uh, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good point because, as we know from the rest of the show, yeah, there, there's a tally sub thread mm-hmm. uh, or sub plot, you know, a thread. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we revisit the tally falling in the hole. Well, we revisit tally in some way or another mm-hmm. that still we don't have any answers on. Oh, so. absolutely. So, may- yeah, maybe there is more to it than that. Or there must be more to it than that. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. We mm-hmm. just don't have the answer yet. Because uh, I had forgotten. I mean, there was a lot of, because it was such a weird first introduction to this show yeah. that I get to the end of it. And I, for whatever reason, I, I was, I turned it on. Mm-hmm. I was interested in checking it out. I wasn't ready to make any commitments to it. I didn't have any necessarily unique interest in this show. Sure. Right? And then I get to the end and I go, okay, well, that was pretty weird. So watching it back, now knowing where we end up going yeah, uh, and seeing things that I missed, mm-hmm. seeing things that actually kind of made me uncomfortable in the beginning that didn't carry through, yeah. I thought the narration was actually a little bit uncomfortable to listen to. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, some of the, like the kid falling into the hole, I was like, well, that was strange. Yeah. And piecing it together now, seeing everything again, like realizing how much I missed. Like there was such a, it was so visually overwhelming. The storyline, it's not like it's hard to keep up, but you don't know where it's going, right? Yeah. So you're just kind of on the edge of your seat all the time, always interested in what's going on, but not really realizing how much foreshadowing is happening. Um, so, so, so that was interesting. Watching it again was actually very helpful in that way uh, to see the snake bones and realize, oh, there's all these things that we're leading up to things that we find later that we didn't even realize that this was probably better thought out than I realized it was. Yeah. Um, and, or they had been cluing me in to what to expect for a long time. And I had no idea. Absolutely. And it's only, it's subtle until you watch it later and think, oh, it was right there the whole time. Absolutely. It's like Haley Joel Osment telling Bruce Willis, I see dead people, you dead fuck. For anyone who hasn't seen The Sixth Sense, I'm sorry for that spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> so my uh, description of genre, I would say, is uh, similar to yours. I, okay. I, I noted that it was a very cerebral sci-fi, like a really old school mm-hmm. kind of sci-fi that, you know, we're not watching ships in combat. It's not about the special effects, although they're great. Yeah. Um, it's about ideas. And the big idea that we're exploring here is science versus religion. And in a way, it reminded me of some great episodes of The Twilight Zone, which I think is some of the great, great science fiction storytelling in, you know, American history at the very least. Sure. Uh, And for what they couldn't do at the time, so they had to keep the story small and just tell the story. You couldn't Mm -hmm. show necessarily what you might want to show in the 60s in a low-budget TV show. 
this is like a big budget, long form version of stories that I feel like I've a little bit seen in the Twilight Zone. Um, but in a, in a way and in a world, you know, ideas that maybe at one point in time people had had that they wanted to communicate. Sure. They couldn't communicate and now we can. And that's really exciting. So uh, that's, you know, it's it's kind of hard to put your finger on exactly what it is. But if you're yeah. if you are a sci-fi fan and you say it's old school cerebral sci-fi, I think that really resonates. connects with. Yeah, exactly. A yeah, good word for it. It really resonates. Interesting. Yeah, I like that. Hmm. I don't have the Twilight Zone background, um, so I would not have made that connection. But I could see what you like. I, I have enough of a concept of it that I see what you mean. Yeah. Well, and it is the way that it explored, you know, one episode explored in 20 minutes, a huge idea that you walked away from thinking, wow, that was, that's a lot to think about. That was pretty crazy. And this is a lot of weird ideas in here. I mentioned Ridley Scott and Prometheus, Mm -hmm. uh, which was sort of an alien prequel. It was an alien prequel in like within the last 10 years. Sure. Uh, Beautiful. Story was uneven characters weren't there if it was a pilot i probably would have scored it a failing pilot but so much good about it and i i've noticed and i've read things that he said uh in interviews where he's talked about you know gods versus engineers and that was the premise of prometheus interesting yeah where he seems to be in this i don't know time in his life or time in his career where there are some specific themes that he really really wants to seems to want to explore as a filmmaker that maybe he didn't fully get to explore in Prometheus and the other and the sequel to it that were that he's still exploring and now he's able to do it in a longer form. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, outside of the restrictions that, you know, the alien fan base might have put on him because we want alien, you know, we want the thing that's familiar. So there's big ideas, there's great sci-fi in there, but that's not really what we want. We want the monster movie. <laughs> we want yeah. Sigourney Weaver back, right? Um, so to see it explored here, it's like, oh, I see why. I see why Alien felt like such a restriction now when he was trying to tell a bigger story because this is a big story. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, uh, I give that a big pass. How about you? Same pass. Samezies. All right, characters. All right. Well, I feel like we only have three that we get names of, but I didn't write down the other guy that we don't get the name of. Because Marcus. Did we get the name in we this? Did. Okay. My bad. I didn't take note of it. I thought that uh, we didn't get it until later, so I wasn't going to even bother writing it down. Is it your first day here? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 21. You'd think I'd have my shit together, but uh, yeah, it turns out no. <laughs> Normally we have subtitles, though, and so it's easier for me to pick up on if there was a name. Because, you know, as you're doing your notes, you kind oh, of yeah. you miss that sort of thing. Easy to miss. You yeah. even know it and you forget. Yeah. Who's this guy again? Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, I, that. I don't want to spoil anything. I know his other name. <laughs> oh. Like, I've seen the more recent oh, stuff. I've seen point. it all the way through. So I didn't want to give away anything. Like, I know his name. I just don't want to give it away if we haven't gotten that far yet. Aha. No, the name we go by is in Marcus. This, in, yeah, because okay. when he's when she's heading back to the Ark, mm-hmm. um, they say, identify yourself, and she uses her face-changing app. And uh, <laughs> and uh, they said, hello, Marcus, or whatever. Okay, yeah. cool. I, I'd missed that specifically. Like, I saw that she used his face mm-hmm. and uh, did not catch the... Yeah, one small line of dialogue. Cool. Well, good catch. Thank you um, very much. So we've got mother, father, campion, and Marcus of the people that we can 
kind of tell survived. Yes. Because <laughs> everyone else more or less dies. And Marcus didn't seem relevant to me when I watched this the first time. Um, I mean, I thought it was, I realized he gets up and walks away at the end. But when I see him in episode two, it was like, no, that guy's dead, isn't he? The only reason I knew he was significant is all of the promotional images I've seen has his specific face. And his I guess he's in, in Viking. Vikings? Viking? Vikings, probably. Probably Vikings. Probably more than one. Uh, <laughs> so I guess he's in that. And him being kind of a bigger name, I knew he was going to be back just because he's a prominent actor. They kind of is telling that way, unfortunately. I didn't know that. He, he looks like somebody I know. It wouldn't be Viking. Maybe I've seen him in promos all over the place. Maybe yeah. that is it. He seemed like a familiar guy. Um, and I don't know. I'm pretty sure I just recognized that mullet from the bar down the street from my house that I like to go to every now and then. <laughs> I was like, I know that mullet from somewhere. Good to see a local boy making it in the big leagues. Gross. Don't make that the local. That's not the local norm. <laughs> it's a Garden City thing. <laughs> okay, but Mother. You know what? First line of dialogue Yeah. that we have in this show is Father says to Mother when mm-hmm. they're waking up in their pod, you know, their Absolutely. little pod that just kind of crash landed. That just crash landed. Um, forced landing force landed yeah <laughs> it landed on the land well yeah. kind of hovered over the hole he says nice to meet you mother and then asks if she's damaged he yeah says because his programming dictates that he needs to yeah she's that. like why do you ask yeah because my programming dictates that that's important yeah but the opening line is nice to meet you mother so we meet these characters at the same time that they meet each other absolutely uh, right before they start to procreate yeah. yeah. I don't know that I'd call it procreate. They incubate. Oh. <laughs> I don't really know where the fetuses came from to begin with. Yeah. They get plugged in like a like a 3D Tomagachi. <laughs> wow. Throwback. <laughs> Tomagachis. <laughs> Gigapet. Oh, I had one. I never had one. My cousins always had one. I was always jealous, and I would like to play it, and then I would like feed it, and then I'd feed it, and then I'd feed it again, and then you'd like run it or whatever, and then you'd feed it. It's like, is there anything else we do? When does yeah. it die and hatch into something else? Does that go on forever? I think so. Yeah, I had mine taken away from me at one point uh, because I brought it to school because, like, otherwise you're leaving it at home, and my mom's not going to feed my gigapet. Like, <laughs> it's going to die. And maybe it's not hatch into something else. I don't know. I never saw that either die, not die, et cetera. Lauren, uh, unfortunately, my sister, grew an affinity for scissors and wanted to see what things cut. So she cut the buttons off and cut a bunch of other things. So that became not usable anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend that did that. And I cut something. It was kind of a valuable toy. And my mom got mad. And this is Tori. Tori mm-hmm. was a troublemaker. And, uh, <laughs> and my, mom, my mom looked at me like, why did you cut the cord on that? And I was like, I don't know. She told me to. And she looked at her and said, did you tell him to do that? And she went. <laughs> did she tell you to? Hell yeah, she told me to. <laughs> So for anyone who's not in the room with me, he just gave like a sheepish shaking of the head. <laughs> no, she told me. She absolutely said, no, that was, yeah, okay, I got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She gave me that, that, mm, I'm no. just a liar. That's when I learned people just lie for no reason at all. It's like, you told me to do it. She asked me why I did it. I said, you told me to. She should say to you, why'd you tell him to? You'd be like, I don't know. I was interested in what would happen. Yeah. Okay, well, don't do that. Like, what do you think she's going to do to us? It's an age where they just, they learn to lie and they do it a lot for no damn reason at all. Mm-hmm. She would get it's me in trouble. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. Uh, 
I just had three other directions I was going to go with that, and then thought, why don't I get back to the center fork in the road? Yeah, I don't even know how we got to Gigapets and Tamagotchis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the road we went down, but... <laughs> um, but let's circle back. Yeah. I said to somebody the other day, let me circle back, and then I stopped, and I said, I hate it when people say that. Sorry, I just said that. Let me start over from the beginning. But let's circle back. Uh, <laughs> okay, so he says, nice to meet you, mother. Yeah. Uh, then they go, really kind of a cool, fun, dramatic scene. They crawl out of the hole. Their ship is dangling in this mm-hmm. pit. Oh, yeah. Nearly lost. And she says, salvageable. Uh, she's super weird. He's super weird. They're very robotic and emotionless. Is it weird to you? I just, I just made this connection. In the very beginning, she seems more robotic and he seems more personable. Like, Still, they're both obviously androids and robotic, but, you know, he's telling jokes and she's just hmm, salvageable. I don't know. Like, he has more emotion from the onset in the very beginning. Um, I didn't really feel that way because because when he opens the door from mm-hmm. the pod and looks out and sees that they're hovering over the hole. Yeah. And says, I can't remember what he said. We appear to have a problem. Yeah. Uh, and the the cadence is very robotic yeah um his you know reaction to it is of course very emotionless yeah i Uh, mean definitely yeah and and i guess because he ends up really an emotional character later Mm -hmm. and throughout the series and well she kind of goes crazy though you're right they both do totally in every way they both (laughs) Both are emotions one's just (laughs) no 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 (laughs) they they totally both do but she's malfunctioning yeah or we think she's malfunctioning so we so we get erratic emotions okay and we get personality from him so we don't necessarily get personality from her she's pleasant at first then she's erratic and homicidal right so i don't necessarily look at that like what's her emotional state she's Mm, i disagree malfunctioning She's em- she's emotional before she malfunctions. I'm thinking specifically of when they thought Campion, the runt of the group, was dead, and she just wanted to hold him to his- her chest. She's saying to him, like, that's emotional. That defies what their programming apparently said, that they should be breaking this child down and feeding him to the others, and she's having this emotional moment that's not erratic, not crazy, not a function of her breaking down. I mean, it's while she's still pretty new. Ah, but you just you asked me, didn't he seem more emotional in the outset? And I said, not really, because he was... Not emotional. Sure. He had more personality and always had more personality. That's, I'm sorry, what I meant. Okay. Then yeah. in that case, yeah. Because what you said there that, that he says, let's let's uh, tear him apart and feed him to the babies. Well, uh, yeah, that's his programming. No, 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 I understand. Absolutely. But, you, but she was the first one to actually express an emotion, actually, if you yes. think about that. Scene. No, I agree. Yeah. I actually have that written down as well. Mm-hmm. Just the, sorry. The tear. I, I truly meant... Uh, Personality. personality. Yes, and absolutely. He's, he always seemed like the more personable robot, like the more service-oriented one. The mm-hmm. cu- he's like the customer service robot <laughs> who comes in and says, hello, nice to meet you. Can I show you to your table? You're really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you secretly an android? <laughs> oh, my God. No, let's not bring back the winking. <laughs> winking again. Okay, so let's talk about... We're talking about mother and father. Here's what I wrote about her. Okay. Uh, She is, through the episode, experiencing Mm -hmm. slash unlocking new features in her programming (laughs) that are startling. Uh, And it starts very simply where she is able to, after one of the last kid in the litter dies... Spira or something like that? um, Did you write down the name? Spiri, I think it was. Okay. It'll be on my orange card. Hang on. 
It's on your orange card. That's a startling place for that to be. Spiria. Oh, look at you. Last sibling to die. Okay. Tally uh, is the first one to die. Mm-hmm. She walks into a hole, and then you kind of see the other kids just sort of getting sicker and sicker. Because they're, yep. they're like 12 years old, right? Yeah. Do they establish how old they are? Because at one point, it's here's them later, and then here's four years later from that. Oh, okay. Um... No, I thought the four years later was them being at four years old, so I missed something there. Oh well, I think there was two. There was two time jumps. There's okay. them as babies. There's them as little kids, and then when we have one kid left, that's when we meet the yeah. actor who plays Campion. Mm-hmm. Um, in any event, uh, sure. Experiencing the new features, and then she receives a vision of the past in which she's flying flying over a war torn Earth city. Yeah. So there's a bunch of unanswered questions about her that are starting to kind of come to the light. Yeah, as well as, you know, their core objective, why they were sent here, mm-hmm. why they're pioneers rather than being with, you know, the rest of the people who are humans. Right. Yeah. Uh, and father, you know what? That's funny. What I wrote about her mm-hmm. to the point that we were just discussing was her, um, you know, her, she's a plot. Yeah. Everything I wrote about her kind of affects the plot. Yeah. What I wrote about father is that he's fun, cheerful, and fatherly. And that seems to fatherly. be... Fatherly? Yeah. <laughs> I like no, that. I mean, he's got that good dad no, thing No, for sure. Going, Absolutely. Right? Like, he's even got the jokes? dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's, let's tell some jokes. And then he hides in the snake head. That was adorable. And he jumps out and scares the kids and, and laughs with them. Yeah. So it, it seems like an essential part of his programming that he's caring Absolutely. I guess his playfulness with the kids also felt like a lot of personality where Mm -hmm. she just kind of lacked. Um, Something about her, though, she's very intolerant of anything that's impractical or spiritual, like just forbids it, whereas father's a lot more understanding of it. He's just like, oh, that's fine. Don't tell your mother, though, which is funny because it still defies kind of their core objective, which is to raise atheist children. But he's definitely more, you know, caring about the well-being of the child regardless. Yeah. Because Campion, after all of his siblings are dead, uh, father catches him kind of in prayer. After This is after a scene where mother's teaching them. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm jump, jumping around a little bit. I was mentioning that she learned she's got the face-changing mm-hmm. app yeah. where she looks like Spiria. Yes. The sister right after Spiria passes and Campion says, I didn't know you could do that. She said, I don't know that either. Yeah. Um, so it starts out pretty benign. Absolutely. And then... You know, the visions are coming and then the like the flying and turning into iron. I saw in the video that there is a big statue in New York City of uh, Mm -hmm. Atlas, you know, holding up the earth. Uh, And that was the inspiration, visual inspiration. Interesting. She did look like a statue. That's interesting. Kind of like um, the thing you'd expect at the very front of somebody's vehicle. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Like an emblem. Mm -hmm. With their arms wide open. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, all very interesting. Let me think. Where were we? We were starting to get go a different direction, and I wanted to wrap up that thought. Oh, it was Campion praying. Oh, yeah. So when Speria dies, he's, he's there's before she's dead, there's a lesson that mom's teaching on the history of uh, the Christians, the, what are the Mithraic. Mithraic, yep. Yeah. The Mithraic, the believers who we find out won the war, uh, and the atheists lost it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we. it's very clear how the androids fit into this, necessarily. No, not at all. Yeah, they were definitely part of the war, though. They were part of the, the chaos. Uh, and Campion asks, he says, 
well, if they, what did he say? Something like if they won the war, uh, maybe prayer isn't the worst thing. We could try it to see if Spiria, if it could heal Spiria. Yeah. And the mom says, no, Campion, only science can do that. And he says, well, didn't help any of the other kids who croaked. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, well, that's just because we don't know enough science yet. So he just has this natural... Inclination. Yeah. And we mentioned this. I want to make this very clear, Campion, because I, I forgot this, that the introduction to his character is as a baby during the end of his gestational process. <laughs> in his gel sack. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. <laughs> his incubation period. He was stillborn but revived by mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have on my card that he was raised to be an atheist. So anyway, he has this natural inclination toward faith. Yeah. And wanting to pray, pray, even though he doesn't have any examples of prayer in his life, having grown up with, you know, having been raised by wolves and all. Absolutely. Yeah, I that's more or less what I have for him as well. Um, he was also in the very beginning, at least, very loyal to mother. Mm, before, mama's boy. Yeah, before everyone started dying, and then you know he and his dad, he and father, not his dad, um, <laughs> he and father had kind of a secret that they kept from him, and it was kind of funny. So they, when father had the realization that mother is breaking down. He went back to the pod that they arrived in um, mm-hmm. and was trying to put out a message because if the two of them break down, then Campion's all by himself. His brothers and sisters are gone. There's no adult to care for him. So he wants to put out, you know, some sort of a signal to uh, the Mithraeus to signal them here so that they can, you know, join. And he knows that Mother would not approve. So he goes, just don't tell Mother yet. And he <laughs> Campion goes, when can he tell her? And Father goes, when it's too late for her to stop us, <laughs> which I really liked. Yeah, it had kind of like a little, and it wasn't like a serious moment. It was a very playful, lighthearted moment. Yeah, it felt like a genuine, it just felt genuine. Yeah, absolutely. I wrote it down too because it was good. And, it, and he was even... He didn't even feel like he was swearing him to secrecy. He was pretty matter-of-fact about it. Yeah. And it was super fun, though, the way it was presented. Absolutely. And it was a dramatic moment. One thing uh, you missed right then, I don't. I think it's essential to the plot, which is sure. why I mention it, is that he had already seen the Ark called Heaven, mm-hmm. uh, the Mithraic Ark, in orbit of their planet. Oh, so, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I, th- well, I think you were writing a note. Um, so he well, I saw missed it the very first time. I had watched it as well. Oh. Uh, so he knew that they were in orbit. So when he puts out a distress call, it was directly to them. So okay. when he was saying, don't tell mother, he was trying to get to the pod to tell the Mithraic, hey, we're down here and you're going to need to take our kid mm-hmm. because mother's malfunctioning. The rest of the kil- children are dead and we need to, you know, and he's because he says to him, they're going to convert you to uh, be a Christian, basically. Yeah. Um, but something tells me that you're not going to struggle too much with that. Yeah. He already has that inclination. Absolutely. So father and his. Uh, nurturingness and mother and her protectiveness mm-hmm. and her orthodoxy to the original mission, whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, the core objective. The core objective, thank you. Will not support or allow this happening. Yeah. And father in his nurturingness knows that, look, mom's mother's uh, malfunctioning. I'm not necessarily going to be long for the world either like i could go at any time and then you're going to be dead so so maybe androids really shouldn't raise babies which was illegal in mithraic law Uh, yeah it's a sin yeah and you really just kind of need to go be with your people 
and I just need to make sure that you're taken care of. So he's actually alerting the enemy to come down to their home mm-hmm. uh, so that he could hand his kid off. That was pretty yeah. big. Yeah, no, it was... It, he defied his own belief in programming mm-hmm. to protect the child, which I think was really great. Actually, that's interesting because it shows an early growth past his programming also. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you get with mother, but it's not clear with father until I think the very end. I'm going to spoil It's not a spoiler, but something from the end that's not relevant to our purposes today is uh, when mother's still talking about the core objective. Mm-hmm. And he says something to the effect of, well... Uh, I think it's become pretty clear that our mission uh, will require us to deviate from whatever original programming tells us. We're yeah. going to need to make some decisions. We're going to need to improvise and make some decisions along the way. This was the first time you start to see that and actually is tremendous growth from father also, although subtle because it's yeah. not visually as uh, you know magnified. Definitely. Cool. So uh, Marcus is the last one that we have a card on. We don't get much out of him other than he's... <laughs> it's a blank card. A blank card. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even give him a card. wasted a card to write Marcus at the top of it because oh, I finally it heard his name. <laughs> I was like, ha! I'm going to do... Scribble it out. Like, I keep a very clean page, Shmi. <laughs> it's littered with signatures. <laughs> and doodles. <laughs> and doodles. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> Cross-hatching. <laughs> no, it's another part of the show that kind of gets introduced that... that uh, you know, just the foil for the family. I don't yeah. know that we know more about him than that. He's he's kind of a uh, he steps in as very much a leader among the um, Mithraic group that he's with. I feel like yeah. I mean, not the leader, but he's got a strong voice, and really seems to he really he's the one that tells Campion, "Hey, we got to talk to you about the android." She's not an android. Yeah, she's an android. Yeah, I don't know how she thought she was like. She told Campion to keep it a secret that she's an android, and it's like. What motherfucker is looking at you and not thinking Android? Yeah. Like, look what, what you're wearing. Yeah. It's like this weird, silvery, latexy looking thing. Like, who else wears that? You and your Android alloy and your six breasts howling at the moon. Sure. Not an Android. <laughs> I'm so happy they don't revisit the howling. That was just so painful. It was cringy. And nonsensical. Yeah, it really, like, they gave her a lot of animalistic qualities, like, when she was randomly digging to the point that she just passes out and has, like, the blood. Like, I'm just like, what were you digging for? What was the point here? Right. Other than to make you look like a total animal. Right. And to be spitting up bad milk. Yeah, I mean, I definitely felt like you were malfunctioning, and if that was the point, like, mission accomplished, I guess. But, like, why are you digging other than to make you seem like an animal? Yeah, specifically a wolf like did we just, need to draw that clear of a parallel that these guys are the wolves hey if you didn't know these ones are the wolves in the title we the thought title. it was a badass title yeah it's a badass title but here's the connection there. yeah it wasn't super literal and for your for your for you literal people out there <laughs> uh all right well that's enough about marcus no no he says to him uh the robot's <laughs> malfunctioning yeah she's not an android yeah she's an android kid like shut the fuck up like it's my first day here okay yeah right and uh, absolutely uh i thought he was he was cool though like like campion actually was very concerned father just mm-hmm. disappeared father's permanently deactivated now he finds oh father just felt like the end is near that's what mother tells him father felt like the uh this is after she kills him. I don't know that we specifically. No, said we didn't that. at yeah. all. We didn't cover that at all. <laughs> she absolutely murders him. Yeah, Brutally. throws him. Yeah, hurls him into 
a spike tooth when she find of a snakehead. What do we call it? A fossil serpent, <laughs> <laughs> giant dinosaur fossil snakehead, and uh, impales him. And he says, "Mother, I am damaged." And she reaches in and pulls out his whatever makes him actually have some sort of life. Mm-hmm. His CPU. thingy. <laughs> yeah, his CPU. <laughs> <laughs> mother pulls out father's motherboard, detaches <laughs> <and> it, <laughs> and then he falls down on rewind. Uh, dead. Deceased. That's it for father. Uh, likable character. Lost him too quickly. She goes back. to, and the, and the reason they got into this physical altercation in the first place is because he told mother, after mother freaked out on Campion, mm-hmm. saying, you're lying to me. What is it that you and father were talking about? Goes yeah, she to, lost it. Yeah. Goes to father and says, what the hell, man? And he says, Campion's going to die. All the stuff we just talked about. So he's got to go be with the humans and they got to go save him. He's going to die without us. Father's gone by the time, you know, mother comes back and he says, I want to see him. And she says, no, I had to throw him down a hole. Our battery cells become radioactive after we croak. So she is quite the liar. I actually wrote down that she is hyper emotional, almost childishly. So like she throws tantrums, dude, and then totally fine with lying for her own purposes, which also seems like. Is that in your programming? Because I would think not. I feel like very early on she starts peeling away from her actual programming while still thinking she's sticking to the core objective. Right. Or that her original programming starts coming through um, at that certain point. Because remember Campion says in the uh, um, narration at the end, Mm -hmm. the bookended narration. Yeah. The one that's on the right side. (laughs) <laughs> the right book the end. end yeah <laughs> the starboard one <laughs> uh says i guess that part of mother was always in yeah her. i've got the full quote oh if please like yeah it says i know i'm not safe with her now but i guess i never was that part of her was always there hiding maybe there's something hiding inside of me i didn't get the maybe there's something hiding inside of me part yeah, I don't feel like that ever comes up again either. So, like, Mm-mm. do with that what you will, I guess. Um, but the rest of it was I, – I actually left it in there just so that way Thank we you. would remember to <laughs> yeah. say something about it. Because so it, it was so off. It was It was such a – it was like it was like watching Roseanne. Oh, my God. And then coming back to the pilot and thinking, who is this kid playing DJ and not realizing <laughs> this is a pilot? <laughs> it's so weird. That kid's not nearly as cute as Real DJ. Real DJ was so adorable. I wonder if he worked more than Real DJ, though. Hard to say, yeah. I don't know. We know him from that show. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the thing, <laughs> in telling Campion mm-hmm. that father is permanently disabled. Yeah. Um, and to hear that as Campion... Like, okay, dude, but you are the one malfunctioning. Absolutely. Like, you are the one losing it, and slowly. And then you mean to tell me you and dad walked out of the big hole that my sister died in low four years ago, mm-hmm. and suddenly dad just starts shooting off sparks while you are still slowly, slowly becoming homicidal. And I'm not supposed to suspiciously think you totally murdered father. Yeah. So he's at this point when Marcus is talking to him saying, we got to help you. Like you got to come to the, yeah, we can fix her. Obviously he's lying when he's saying we can fix her. Yeah, totally. We can fix her. We could. Yeah. Um, And Campion, and that's how he's buying it. But Marcus is genuinely 
or would seem to be genuinely concerned with Campion's well-being. Otherwise, he wouldn't yeah. have outed the thing with, you know, the android. Yeah. He cared that, that uh, Campion cares. He cared that Campion considers her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And then she overhears it and goes ballistic. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> which leads to the one other point I'll make about Marcus, which sure. is that'll come Looking up at later. Looking guard, it's cracking me up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is something that comes up later that this is the moment that they have a physical interaction. Yeah. You'd think that she would stone cold kill him because she uses like this sonar thing where she just screeches at people and they like their faces soup. melt or later they just start exploding. Oh, that was so visually pretty. Like it was so nasty and con- like the idea of it's really gross, but God, that was so pretty. It was like paint. It was like a Pollock painting in slow motion. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was fundamentally disturbing. Oh yeah. Absolutely. But so beautifully presented. So beautiful. <laughs> and the special, just the quality of the special effects. So good. It's like, and it looked like if you were to drop, um, Die into water. into water. Yeah, Absolutely. And watch, watch it stream out. Mm-hmm. The way it did that, like, burst into these, like, these streams of red. Absolutely. And the people just disappeared in a pile of organic matter. Yeah, and they had, like, just bright red blood and otherwise, like, a very sterile white environment. It was very pretty. Yeah. So this is, for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, uh, after she comes into contact with Marcus, mm-hmm. kind of looks him up and down. Something happens here that you find out later in the show. And she casts him out of the pod, doesn't kill him, takes the pod up to the Ark called Heaven, the USS Heaven. <laughs> I don't know about the USS. Um, it's called Haven or Heaven? It's called Heaven, yeah. Is it? Mm, the Ark is Heaven. Weird. That seems blasphemous, but whatever. Seems a little on the nose, right? It's like we get it. Your myth rights. Well, I mean, it's the Ark. Do we need to, like, call it something else? Because, like, you know, it's like Noah's Ark. It's delivering them from a place that's fucking sinking. <laughs> yeah, I know. Noah's Ark's name was Paul. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, uh, Paul, uh, we got to take the USS Paul over there. No, I know your point. It's the Ark. Why would the they Ark. name the Ark? heaven like well and it also seems blasphemous but that's fine i I mean it is what it is well i feel like this is a pretty corrupt bunch oh yeah sure so that the blaspheming might make a little bit of sense (laughs) so uh she goes to the ark she uses her face changing app again to become marcus Mm -hmm. to get and says oh the cleric's got a boo-boo he's hurt and they said okay we'll have like the med bay too ready for you we're letting you in right now and the doors open, and she goes through the entire arc. I guess not the entire arc. She goes through at least the control the command hallway. area. Yeah, the main hallway. <laughs> <laughs> the, the set that they built. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it explodes everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was wild. And she kidnaps five kids to round her litter back out. Yeah. Which is weird. I had noted while we were watching it, like, why would you not, A, take at least, like, Take all of the kids. You have plenty of food, as far as you know. Like, you have a lot of food to sustain these children. Why not take all of them? Because, hey, you didn't do well with, the, you know, your last full litter. And if you get rid of these ones, you're running out of litters. Like, so you have nothing have left. Campion. Yeah, or, like, they were supposed to have 12. And I think you and I both remarked that we have no idea what happened to the other six embryos. Like, I don't feel like they explain it. Or you and I both just missed it twice. So Yeah, you said we came with 12. We got one kid left. Yeah. One kid to show for. And they only had like six embryos go to term. So either like six embryos just were total rejects and flops or, you know. She only has six breasts. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's why I didn't feel like they'd already tried their next round of embryos. Right. So it was very confusing why she wouldn't have grabbed more children. Um, I in in practice, yeah, that makes no sense. She's an android. I feel like she would have run the numbers on that. Yeah. Um, in the scope of the show, mm-hmm. uh, I have a reason that I would posit I, that I would deposit into the reason bank. Because she can't is, fit more than that into her body. No, no, no. It's because Campion had five siblings. Oh, well, So sure. she's replacing Campion's five siblings. So I think she was providing continuity for or Campion. Campion. I yeah, thought it was a very deliberate. Campion lost five siblings. I'm kind of losing Campion right now. Campion's clearly very unsettled right now. Yeah. So I'll just replace the five siblings. Because she doesn't understand humanity. He has a great line somewhere. I think it's in the narr- it is in the narration. Yeah. Really good line after, you know, the kids start dying. And he said what he's learned is that this mm. world isn't like mother and father. It doesn't care if we're happy. And it doesn't get sad when we die. I know you're not a big fan of the narration, but that was a good line. Oh, I wasn't a big fan of the narration because it didn't. It wasn't consi- It was inconsistent with the yeah. show that followed. So I didn't have That's a problem fair. with it. There was a lot of great things in the narration. Mm-hmm. It he sounded older in it to me. He just I couldn't tell like when when are we hearing from Campion? Like we're not actually hearing from Campion because they dropped the narration. So I don't really understand it in the scope of the show. I guess. Yeah, as a, as a storytelling element, I don't think it functions. Sure. Uh, but that line, and what interests me at this point with the five siblings showing up is, I don't think mother does care. You know, mm-hmm. he feels that the world, uh, unlike mother and father, doesn't care if we're happy and doesn't get sad if we die. I, You know, she's got her programming. They have emotional responses to things. But at this point, when she shows up with her five replacement kids, I, I feel like it's pretty telling that she doesn't really care either. She is quantifying this stuff. Campion's yeah. the one who made it. And now she's got to make it more pleasurable for him so that she could um, support her core objective. So, weird question, and it has nothing to do with our scoring whatsoever. Um, if if father had been the one to go grab more kids, do you think he would have chosen differently? Because he has kind of more of a caretaking. He seems to have a closer understanding of humanity, being that he's so empathetic with the kids and Campion. Do you think he would have taken... Just the six to try to, or sorry, just the five to try to replace and make up the full six, or do you think he would have taken all of the kids? Um, well, I'm going to answer your question, but let's. I need to make sure that I understand the conventions of it first. Sure. Why is father there? Is he up, is he there in a homicidal rage? Hmm. Oh, that's a that's a fair point. You're you're digging really deep on my hypothetical. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess he wouldn't have been motivated to go there at all. He wouldn't have been there at all. So if father was there at all, I feel like he would have been there in a more humanitarian uh, cause. And if that was the case, he would have been looking at the kids saying, no, no children. It's not safe for you here. Mm -hmm. We'll take care of you on on the planet. And he would have have rescued people. So yeah, I think that would have gone much differently. Yeah, absolutely. Way to pull the threads there. (laughs) (laughs) I do this professionally, Shmi. Yeah, clearly, clearly. I tell that to Elise all the time whenever I'm like not happy with the show we're watching. It's like, <laughs> let me tell you why this isn't good. <laughs> I do this for a living. Uh, does she give you a lot of feedback to that? Does <laughs> she give you a... <laughs> she kind of shr- She kind of um, chuckles and rolls her eyes, you know? It's like, a su- it's like a supportive eye roll. Yeah. It's one It's not like, ugh, you're a dumb guy and you disgust me. It's like, that's dumb. 
but I want you to think I found it charming. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So characters are the we don't have like a cast. I mean, yeah. we do, but we don't have like a core cast where you say. These are our characters. These are the friends that we're talking about in the title of the show, Friends. I mean, yeah, it doesn't tell you who all you get going forward, but I don't know that that's what we judge it on. It's they developed the characters that we get so far very well. I feel like they're real people. I feel like there's like a real sense of them. Like, I don't feel like they're stereotypes by any means. Like, even for androids, they're very different from each other, mother and father. Hey, it's 2021, Shmi. Like, we don't stereotype androids anymore. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) No, no. It's a different kind of show. So knowing that there's not like a core cast where Mm -hmm. these are the people. Like, you'd think Father would be in the core cast. He's not. He dies at the end of the first episode, right? Yeah, that was a shocker. Right. So, and then I I think, oh, we're going up to the ship. Oh, they're going to rescue Campion. We're going up to the ship. Like, we're not staying here for long on the planet in the... Surely not. In the settlement. And then she comes back with the kids saying, here are your new siblings. So, yeah, so she comes back. And she's all rejuvenated, dude. She's not, like, malfunctioning anymore. She's just crazy and homicidal. Like, this isn't a malfunction. This is just her her core programming beneath her core objectives coming back through, Ooh. which is truly kind of what's happening, but we yeah. don't know that yet. Um, anyway, she uh, – it's – like you, I, I didn't know at this point, watching it the first time, where are we going with this? Mm-hmm. Like now, there's just new kids. Like, and we're just gonna continue from this. From well, this that point, we continue. Every episode, the end of every episode, it's like, where are we going? Not in a bad way. It's no, like, in a great shit, way. Where it's are so we going? Good. What is happening? What journey are we on right now? Yeah, what story are you telling me? And yeah. who's the good guys? And who's the bad guys? So that's like so much the way that this one ends. Absolutely. Where I have no idea what to expect, and uh, and then it's over. Um, (laughs) so, you know, with all that, we have mother, father, Campion. Campion seems to be the main character. seems to be the hero. It's told from his perspective in the pilot. Mm -hmm. Uh, you have Marcus that shows up that we don't really know. Is he going to be essential? So with this group of characters that you have, a really interesting bunch of characters, are these characters interesting enough to say, man, this pilot nailed it with the characters? Yeah. Yeah, me too. And that's crazy that you would say that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, although if you think about it, Mandalorian, we only had the Mando. (laughs) (laughs) And and we gave him a pass too. Oh, did we? Unless I'm remembering differently. (laughs) I haven't haven't seen it yet. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) No, you know, I'm complimenting it that for for what an an artistic achievement this was. No, absolutely. Yeah. All that to say, we said the same of Mandalorian for the same reasons. Okay. That's that's the parallel I'm drawing uh, there. I got you. <laughs> I'm not trying to argue with you. <laughs> no, I didn't feel argued with. I did, sorry I didn't acknowledge the Mandalorian enough. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, because I, I was well, trying to Well, we just get back. one character. We have no idea what to expect for the series as a whole. Is the That's right, because we had the bad guy, and Baby Yoda. Did we have him in there? No, because we just beat him at the very last second. Yeah, he's like a and, prop. And Carl Weathers. Okay, you say Carl Weathers because it's a big name drop, but he otherwise has no significance. We don't get much of a character. He's there to drive the plot. Yeah, but he keeps coming back. But I'm just saying those were the characters that we examined. That's what I was trying to remember. Sure. Did we pass the characters? I thought, who do we have? We had Carl Weathers. We had Mando. That's we had Mando. basically it. 
<laughs> We're the Ray Perlman look-alike lady. All right, so on to plot. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. So here's, I'm going to say, let me just jump to it. Yeah, do that. I don't know what to expect from the plot. Yeah. The pilot does not sufficiently indicate the plot arc that I can expect for the show as a whole going forward. And my response to that is, hmm, man, I don't really know what to expect from the plot, but I really want to find out. And because I want to find out so badly, I say that was a clear pass because they developed such an interesting world for the many reasons it's an interesting world, and I just want to know all about it. Sure. I mean, I guess to me it was a little bit more clear what some of the plot was. I mean, you don't know for sure that this is going to be continued. Like, I know what to expect for the next episode a little bit, you know? Like, what answers I'm thinking they're going to resolve. You know your questions. I know my questions. Um, But they make those pretty clear. So that the androids are trying to build an atheist civilization away from the war. She's got more kids. I assume she's going to try to continue on that path. She is also very dangerous, as it turns out. So... I imagine that they're going to try to either the children are going to adjust or they aren't. And that's what we're going to find out in the next episode. Um, and the fact that the myth, uh, sorry, the Mithraists have discovered their camp um, and decided that that's where they wanted the settlement. I mean, I know you knew that or you thought that Marcus was dead, but to me, he was pretty clearly alive. Um, I guess not pretty clearly. That's that seems rude. No, um, he was clearly alive. Okay. Yeah, he it, gets up and he walks away. Okay, it's I, I remembered him dying. Okay. I, I had thought when I ended the first episode and came back a couple weeks later, yeah. and he was still there, I thought, oh, I thought this guy was dead. Okay, I was like, maybe it wasn't clear, so I don't want to like insult you by saying clearly. But No, um, yeah, it was super clear. I just cool. missed it. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he would obviously be playing into it, and I had assumed at least he's going to still try to get the kids back. That would have been my assumption because, you know, it's sinful for a, an android to raise children according to their religion right um it was weird to me that she spared him that was also a big question mark to me because she very outright killed the other ones and this one she just threw out of the ship i mean mm. i guess maybe she didn't want to dirty the inside with human soup i don't know um he <laughs> was in the pod when she did but you know that felt like not enough of a reason so it didn't occur to me that she intentionally spared him but she definitely didn't put much effort into killing him mm. so he would be continuing on the cast that's cool it's a cool way to look at it Awesome. And I feel like that, I mean, we've talked about the hook and the plot sometimes stepping on each other. I feel like that's also very much the hook, that we find out that Mother is very deadly, that she takes out the immediate intruders but has left the stragglers, so something to do there. Um, Takes out the arc, so maybe no more people, maybe we'll get people. I found that to be very (laughs) unsettling, that she just outright murder a thousand people, including children. but that Campion, as a result of all of this, no longer feels safe. Mm-hmm. And that was, for me, a hook. Um, that Campion specifically is just like, I was raised by these people. Who the who the fuck am I being raised by? Yeah. And it's maybe feeling trapped. Uh, plot and the hook. Yes, you're right. And we've talked about that a lot. Yeah. Where, where it gets muddy. And it gets muddy. The better it is, the muddier the two get. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this case, you know... Because I, I'm hooked, like the yeah. plot, like the plot card, the, you know, my plot card basically just says, I don't know, but I'm hooked. I don't know where we're going, but I want to know more. Yeah. And the moment that, the moment that hooked me 
Because mm-hmm. sometimes there's a moment, sometimes there's not. Sure. Sometimes it's that last moment right before we go to the credits, right? The moment that hooked me was when she's walking through the arc. Mm-hmm. And I'm expecting this to go much differently. Uh, she's walking through the arc and everybody's just exploding. Yeah. And there's streams of blood and goo, right? Sure. I had never seen such a thing. The set pieces I had never quite seen. The uh, you know the way that the con- the way the control room is set up I've never seen. The visual mm, appetizer of it all. Never seen it. And I'm getting to the end of this with my mouth just open. Going, wow. There's gonna be more of this. Like <laughs> I get to watch more of this. Like. Yeah. Am I hooked? Hell yeah, I'm hooked. I want more of this. Yeah. And then when she comes down with the kids, that's the, see, that's like, then we're back to plot. Like, where, where are we going next? No idea. Surprised to see the kids. Now there's a whole new group of characters, I guess, that are going to be part of this. Where are we going with this? Yeah. I don't know, but can I please find out? Play on. And it's HBO Max, so it doesn't start playing right away like it does on Netflix. I really hate that. You listen to all of the credits before it will have you move on. It is so annoying. I keep expecting it to. I've been watching. I've been binging as much HBO as I can so I can get rid of it in the month and feel good about it. Mm. I ended up renewing a month. I'm so mad. (laughs) Neither here nor there, though. I had two episodes left, and I was like, well, I'm not going to have that kind of a cliffhanger. And then the season finale was a cliffhanger. So, you know, (laughs) all for nothing. So you'll be back. Oh, I'll be back when they renew that show. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, I've been binging shows and they don't roll on to the next. And so you get this annoying theme and I'm just like, any minute now, it's just going to move on. I'm like, no, because the song's not come to a natural end yet. Yeah, no, I need to do something about this myself. HBO, be better. (laughs) Take some notes from Netflix. I know. Netflix is the best platform by far. Uh, Speaking of things we watch, what are we watching next week? I was going to see if I could get you to do Archer, since it's short, sweet, and has Jessica Walter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I'll do Walter. And cool. I'd like to do uh, Fate the Wink Saga real No, soon. I definitely want to do that one right after. Okay, perfect. Cool. So Archer first, then Fate the Wink Saga, unless breaking news changes everything. Yeah, and then we'll come up with something for the in-between, because episode 25 has to be Star Trek. <gasps> so that's right. what, Picard? Yeah. Picard cool. Would be I'm nice. excited. Uh, That'll be good. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for listening. As always, we really appreciate the support of our many millions of listeners. Um, If you would like to drop a line or enter the conversation, which we would really welcome you to do, you could do so by writing us an email to pilotsthepodcast at gmail.com that's pilotsthepodcast at gmail.com and all the information on everything you could possibly want at pilotsthepodcast.com including our schedule which we've just mentioned to you now Mm. (laughs) if you want to figure out what's going to happen between the one you recommended and star trek (laughs) what is the name of that one again Uh, fate the winks saga yeah. Terrible. Wait, so I, I'm third I hate episode the name. in. I, I don't know what it's about. I thought maybe there was some source material. I Googled it very briefly. Didn't find anything. I don't get it. When you described what it was, it sounded like totally up my alley, but the name I just hate. Horrible. So bad. Makes no sense. Episode three, they still haven't let you in on that. Like, I look at it, Fate the Winks Saga, and I'm not even positive they spelled fate correctly. How did they spell it? F A T E. That's how one spells fate. <laughs> I know, right? But it looks wrong. The whole thing just looks wrong and bad and dumb. Plus, <laughs> well, so I don't know what it means. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really it. 
Who's the Winx and why is she a saga? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, catch us next week. I'm Riker. And I'm Shmi. And this is Pilots. Pilots.